Hello, everybody, and welcome to Slash Her, a delusional look into all things spooky, kooky, and terrifying. I'm Stormy. And my name is Adrian. <laughs> and we're in the thick of the holiday season, people. Yeah, seasonal depression is hot and steaming at this point. Yeah. So we're in the thick She's of settled. December. <laughs> yeah, it's set in at this point. Um, but yeah, we're in the middle of December. We are continuing forward with our wintertime horror theme. Um, and as we said last week, you know, these episodes are going to be quick and to the point. So let's just go ahead and start a discussion. This week, we are going to be talking about 30 Days of Night. So originally released on October 19th, 2007, the film was made on an estimated budget of about $30 million. It would then go on to have an opening weekend gross of about $15 million dollars in the u.s and canada combined before seeing a worldwide gross of around 75 million dollars with a runtime of one hour and 53 minutes the film was directed by david slade and let's go ahead and go through our cast josh hartnett is eben melissa george is stella danny houston is marlo ben foster appears as the stranger mark boone jr is Bo. mark rendell is jake and amber sainsbury is denise so after an alaskan town is plunged into darkness for a month it is attacked by a bloodthirsty gang of vampires so 30 days of night now we are both or at least have both seen this movie like a handful of times right Oh, yeah. I remember. I don't remember exactly like when it came out, like it, where I was when it came out, but I remember watching it a lot on TV. I don't remember ever renting it, but I do remember watching it on TV. Yeah. I mean, 2007. So back in 2007, I was uh, 12 years old. So this came out, you know, I feel like it's a really uh, influential age, like 12. You know, it's like right between elementary, right before high school so you're just like really in your uh in the thick of your developmental period uh yeah. so for some reason this movie just stuck out to me so much back when i had first seen it um and i just was so obsessed with it i really enjoyed it um you know this is a year prior to twilight coming out so um you know my <laughs> the pre <laughs> this is the precursor to the twilight <laughs> the yeah. twilight uh I don't know, fever. Yeah. Well, it's crazy to think over. about with vampires in general, because vampires are like just by nature, ever since like their inception, like there is just that sexual undertone to them. There's always just like a sexual energy to vampires. The act of biting and sucking in itself is just very sexual in nature. Um, especially when you kind of look at the anabolistic and like the just the ferocity that these vampires go after the neck sometimes. So like again, vampires have always been like really, you know, there's been like sex to them. But again, at this age, 12, you know, I had seen some vampire movies, but again, this was like the vampire movie that struck, or excuse me, that stuck out to me in like the biggest way. Um, you know, there was, they weren't sexy vampires. They weren't trying to be seductive. They weren't trying to seduce you into the bedroom and, you know, turn you into a vampire or kill you, whatever the intentions were. They were just full on monsters the entire time. Um, which for me, again, at age 12 was like the first time that I really kind of saw something along those lines. Like the first time I didn't really see a suave or sophisticated, I guess, vampire. Not to say that they don't have like some sophistication to them or anything in this one. Uh, but just again, I just loved how grungy and how uh, like harsh and Animalistic. rough these vampires were. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's always a thing for me. You know, then Twilight came out a year later and completely fucked my shit up. And then I was like, well, maybe I could love a vampire. And then the rest is history. Uh, but in 2007, you know, 30 Days a Night was peak vampire movie for me. Yeah. These are hardcore. Like you said, monsters. Um, they have no interest in turning anybody. They're just here to kill. They're... <laughs> The main leader is like trying to ensure that nobody does change yeah. anyone. He wants them to be murdered. He doesn't want to add to his little coven that he has going on. Um, and they're so like, I don't know. They remind me. <laughs> this is going to be the dumbest thing I've ever said. But they remind me of like velociraptors. <laughs> okay. Just like the way that they travel in a pack, first of all. Their teeth are, like, similar, like, the very pointy. They don't have, like, the traditional two points that we you imagine whenever right. you think of vampires. Um, these have, like, a full set of sharpie, sh- a full mouth of sharp teeth. And um, just the way that they talk, I mean, it's a very guttural language, and it's a very, I'm not really sure what they're speaking, if it's Latin, maybe? Or if they ever say if it's a real language, um, I didn't look honestly. Um, yeah, so it shows online um, that they are speaking what is known as Marlowe or vampire language. Okay, work. So that's what it shows online, like with a quick Google search. I mean, I again, you know, not to say for certain that that's what they are saying, but quick Google search yeah. it shows that that's what they're speaking. It's just the way that they communicate within each other. They're very guttural. It's very mouth soundy, like it sounds very wet <laughs> and yeah. throat gargly. Um, I don't know. They remind me of dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. It, again, it's like the feralness to them, like the ferocity, yeah. the hunting uh, aspect of them. Yeah, they definitely feel very animalistic. Yeah, and I like the Velociraptor comparison, just for the sake of they essentially operate uh, from another world, another time frame, I guess, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like, they're hunting, obviously. They have, like, animalistic tendencies to them, but they're also unknown to us. Um, so I definitely like that They're comparison. here for murder and murder only, which, <laughs> yeah, that's how their brains are. Yeah, exactly. Now, obviously, of course, also, before we do kind of just jump into um, the movie itself. Now, obviously, 30 Days of Night... Uh, or excuse me, 30 Days of Nights initially was a comic book series. Um, it was a three-issue miniseries that uh, came out, of course, in the early aughts. Um, so essentially, the film, of course, is based off of this comic book series. When it first came out, um, I was pretty aware of that as a kid, as a 12-year-old. So I remember kind of looking up and kind of looking into the comics, kind of reading them a little tiny bit. Uh, that was such a long time ago. I don't remember any of the specifics because, you know, I watched the movie a handful of times. I didn't read the comics a handful of times. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, so they're based off of comic books. And I do like with this movie that you can definitely kind of see that influence. Um, it kind of it kind of has like that comic book feel to it, I guess, if you will. It does, but not in the way that like Tales of the Crypt or like um, Creepshow or anything like that have the yeah. same feel. Right. Um, they definitely don't make it the the animated feel, the the boom, the wow. Mm-hmm. They don't have that aspect of it for sure, but I, I do see the influence, yeah. Yeah, I'm not talking in vain of, like, just the overall, like, presentation. Like, they're not transitioning from scene to scene, like, with comic book panels or anything like that. But, like, just with the overall presentation of it. Because I know with comic books, like, they're just a lot more vicious and they can be a lot more... um 
Visceral. They can be very gory. Yeah. So I think yeah. it just kind of comes down to maybe, again, maybe it's just because this is what's been in my head because, you know, before I watched this movie again, I was like reading the comics. So maybe in my head, they're just like one and like they just mush together. Um, but I think it just kind of comes down to just like the overall kind of the way the scenes are shot, like it's hard to explain like we'll be focusing on like one moment we're about to get like a moment of violence or something and then it like cuts to another scene and then we come back and then like we see uh like gore or blood or something along those lines like just the way it's presenting it like I, it kind of feels comic booky obviously some of the dialogue also just feels like uh it feels very quick like it doesn't feel like they spend a lot of time trying to give us long-winded explanations um they're not trying to over explain anything the dialogue feels very short which maybe is another thing that makes me feel like it's very comic booky um because again, there's just not too much conversation happening between everybody. It kind of comes down to the visuals and just like that aspect of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so let's kind of get into the movie. So again, we are looking at an Alaskan town. And this town, of course, is the small town of Barrow. And they are, I think it's once a year, right? Thrown into 30 days of complete darkness. Which... I think polar nights happen twice a year, if I'm not mistaken, at the end of each okay. solstice. But Interesting. Okay. So potentially twice a year, they kind of go through this. Um, so everybody in the town, you know, is pretty much scrambling. They're kind of getting everything they need together before the town is thrown into complete darkness. Um, so I, I mean, I don't know. Could you ever see yourself living in a place like this living there no <laughs> but it wouldn't be because of the polar night it would be because it's alaska and it's cold <laughs> yeah the snow was is enough for me to not ever want to live there well that and just like the accessibility to life outside of this island um is enough to like scare me like <laughs> in a, in an emergency how far are you away from like any type of resource like your food is flown in. You know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> a, a lot of like chain supply stuff. If that gets interrupted, you're fucked. Yeah, you're exactly. On a giant sheet of ice. And <laughs> what then? You know what I mean? Yeah. Another thing here too, that they kind of definitely make a point out of obviously early on in the movie is like, once the night sets, you are not leaving. Nobody's coming into this town. Nobody's leaving this town. There's no safe way to travel in and out of something that's completely dark on top of it being like a super small town. Um, so, you know, it, again, it's just like, it's going to be hard to travel into something that's not well lit, especially of course, if it's in an icy landscape or terrain. Uh, so they, again, people are scrambling. If you're Trying to get out of town, you have to do it now again because once that sun sets, you're not going anywhere. So I think for me, that's like the biggest thing. Like being told that I cannot leave for 30 days would be enough for me not to do it. Because I think, I mean, honestly, going day by day or kind of going each day with it being completely dark, like it's dark out, night out, um, I think I could vibe with that. Like I think I would be completely cool. I think I would have a good time. But obviously, after a week, my mental health will be up in the air. So the fact that I have to stay there for 30 days is what really gets me guys i can live there and if we're able to like leave during the 30 day night period at any point then yeah maybe you know hey if there was like something worth moving up there for um but if i'm forced to stay there for those 30 days i could never i just know at some point during that time frame i would i would crack you know i mean we made it through a pandemic where we weren't supposed to go places <laughs> but imagine the pandemic and it's completely dark every day I mean, I never left my house. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but there's sunlight. I know. darkness. I couldn't do it. But I have black... The thing is, is like, I keep 
my spaces as dark as humanly fucking possible right. at all times. So I don't, I feel like, yes, it would be disorienting for sure. I, it would be scary, but I don't think it would affect me as much as like, I don't think that would be what, what kept me away, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's always, uh, you know how it is, you know, it's much easier. Cause I'm also the same way. I, my entire life have been called a vampire by my friends and my family. Cause if it can be dark, it will be left dark. I hate uh, like light shining into my home unless I'm trying to get like a boost of serotonin from the sun or something um, outside of that like I if it if I can make it as dark as possible I'm going to so yeah so that's why I'm like yeah I could definitely do this but I just know like not having the option to see the sunlight is what's going to send me through the roof regardless of <laughs> if I can handle the darkness or not just the fact that I don't have that option I it's just going to cause me to go crazy I know it will be. And the town also has like a strict policy, of course, on no alcohol within the 30-day time frame. As long as we can have weed, I'm right. good. I can maybe right. make it. But if we don't allow well, that or alcohol, I can't. Well, and I think like whenever they say no alcohol, is it no, not, sorry, um, can you just not buy alcohol? Like what stops them from stocking up? Right. I don't think they can make any, uh, or I don't think like, that they would know if anybody's drinking at home. But yeah, I think it's probably just the uh, actually selling of alcohol is probably illegal during that time. Right. I mean, we grew up in the Bible Belt. Like, <laughs> alcohol is <laughs> hard to get sometimes anyways. Uh, I don't think, I, I don't really drink all that much. So that wouldn't be yeah. another factor for me at all. Yeah, I'm not a drinker. So that wouldn't bother me. So again, as long as there's some type of weed, I'm <laughs> That's another thing. Unless you're growing it in... Alaska somehow. I, I I don't know how their marijuana um production goes there. Like what if you don't have access to weed? Yeah. Somebody has to be growing it there. I mean, hello. Our um older woman is growing the weed for the town. So she has uh right. all the marijuana I need. So I would have to be good friends with her. She doesn't last long. Um, so we didn't have her in the cast list. Let me pull up her name. And it's just one forgot. person that's growing weed for the whole town. That's that's well, she's growing it for herself. Uh, I know, but, but she would just be saying. the bug. She would be the <laughs> bug. I'd be like, hello. And she works at the police station. Um, she helps out. It's her son. I love a correct? good dual of what? What is the relation? I already forgot the relationship between Evan and Jake. Are they brothers? They're brothers, yeah. Okay, and brothers. the the lady, the grandma who's growing is the weed grandma. is their grandma, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know where their parents are in the picture. I think maybe we're getting the vibe that they were raised by their grandma. Yeah, but she does have the weed. So she um, has, you know, everything I can need to, or she has everything I need to make it through the, you know, 30 days of night. Where the fuck does the name Eben come from? Okay, yeah. So let's get into some of our characters. Let's kind of give a discussion on just our overall thoughts on these people. Uh, so yeah, first off, we do have Eben, who is again played by Josh Hartnett. Um, uh, per usual, I would suck the skin right off of his dick at any yeah. given day of the week. And these 30 days of night, a baby spunk on my back 30 days of night how about that 30 times i expect to be I, a facial 30 days of night let's try that out for size um <laughs> once a day just bring it on by right if it's me and judge hardnip for 30 days of night i you know biologically at this present time you know there's no way for me to become pregnant but we'll figure out a way 30 days of night <laughs> We'll make it work, okay? Um, but yeah, Josh Hartnett, um, who does play Eben, who is the sheriff of the town. Um, Eben spelled E-B-E-N. 
what an awful name. I don't know where that came from. I don't know where it originates from. I am so sorry if anybody's named Eben, but it just kept throwing me off the entire movie. It always has thrown me off the entire movie. I always slip up and call him Evan. Maybe that's just my small brain working, but yeah. I just don't I've like never heard Evan. that name before this. Eben. Eben. Ebenezer. What if his name's <laughs> Ebenezer? <laughs> um... Yeah, so he's the sheriff from this town. He is having a very uh, rocky and tumultuous relationship with his current ex at the start of the movie, uh, Stella, who's played by Melissa George. So she's also some type of like officer, some type of like state. She's a marshal, I think, for the state is what she is. Um, but they had been together. You know, they were happy, in love, so on and so forth. That's this town likes to tell us. Um, but something happened. We don't. I don't think we ever really know what happened between them. Um, but there was some type of disconnect, some type of distance that was growing, and Melissa has moved. So she has left. She has moved to Anchorage, Alaska, and she is in Barrow, of course, on the last day before the uh, 30 days of night to get some work done. Um, and unfortunately, she does miss her flight. As she's running to the airplane, or excuse me, to the small airport, um, she ends up getting in a car accident and gets stuck in Barrow, Alaska. Right. She gets hit by a whole ass, like, tractor. Yeah, I don't even know what this is, what, like, the big machine is that hits her. It's like, I'm sure it has something to do with snow, some type of plow of some sort, (laughs) but, yeah, she gets, her shit gets fucked. Yeah, 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 pretty much, dude. And, I mean... (sighs) Do we like Stella? I was about to say, let's kind of get into their the entire dynamic between them throughout this entire movie, because it's just, Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess it comes off as, like, you know any relationship could potentially come off because it comes off as first as like being like, they really just don't like each other. Um, I think Melissa's talking to somebody in town before she leaves when she's like, I'm trying to get to the airport and they're like, Oh, well, you're not going to like see Eben or like, are you, you don't have somewhere just to stay here. Like, do you really got to get out of here? And she's just like, yeah, I gotta go. I have a place already on my own. I have my own house plans. Like I'm not about this life. And then right after she's in the accident, you know, the first person she calls is Evan. He is kind of annoyed because he didn't even know that she was in town. So he's first off just frustrated that the only reason she even called him and let him know that she was here is because she was in an accident. Um, and he just pissed because he wanted to at least, at least, you know, talk things out with her, maybe try to hash out everything. And she wasn't having it. So he sends somebody else to go pick her up. Um, right. But obviously, though, as the movie develops and as they're stuck in these, you know, these cold winter nights all alone with each other um they kind of start to develop you know feelings again for one another but stella is just giving me like i want to take her side you know because i'm always like yeah honestly the man is probably going to be the reason for the the split he probably did something wrong it doesn't always (laughs) have to be that way but you know for me just i'm always going to start there first just in case Mm. like you know i would much rather expect a man maybe to do something not to say again i'm all about equality girl and there's plenty of you know women that i've ran into in my life who i know can cause some some cause some drama um but again if we're looking at a toxic relationship my first instinct will maybe be to be like well maybe he did something wrong but as we get to know them she seems like maybe she's off her rocker a little bit yeah i mean it should come to no surprise that i don't like stella I'm often, very often, don't like these female characters. Um, she comes it's probably because they're written like, by men a lot of the time. Let's probably. start there. A hoity, she seems like a hoity-toity bitch that probably wanted something in their relationship that Evan wasn't ready for. And instead of going along with it and then being miserable and leaving her later on in life, 
Um, he probably stood up for himself and she didn't like that is the yeah. vibe that I'm getting. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because he's the one that repeatedly asks, like, can we talk? Are we mm-hmm. going to talk? Do you want to talk? And she's continually shutting him down. Yeah. Um, so I, I have a feeling that it's Stella's fault, but I mean, relationships are tricky, but both parties are probably at fault in some type of way. Yeah. But Stella as a character is pretty miserable. In my opinion. Yeah. But again, I think it definitely comes down to just, again, probably the overall writing of everything. And again, if you ever find yourself, you know, just so displaced with the way a woman is acting in a film. Yeah. Always look at who's writing the thing. Because again, if right. it's a woman's words being written by a man, that's always going to play into how you're perceiving this individual. Because if you're looking at movies, of course, where, you know, they're female-led or queer-led, um, you know, the female characters in those movies are less... Uh, questionable in their actions, you know? So it's kind of difficult mm-hmm. sometimes when men are writing these characters because sometimes it's hard for them to kind of grasp maybe the female perspective on the situation, which honestly is what I feel from their in their overall dynamic. Because it feels like, again, we're kind of, at least the way it's kind of being sh- like shown to us, you know, like Evan's the sheriff. He's going through a lot. You know, his grandma has cancer and this woman just up and left him. She's awful. She never really gives much explanation she doesn't have much development like they don't allow us to really get to know them as people so we're kind of just watching this toxic relationship happen which honestly i don't care you know we're watching these vampires fucking rip people apart i don't give a fuck about evan and stella there's not an ounce of me that even cares about them together as a couple i don't care about their dynamic uh together so if it comes off as kind of being like uninteresting that's just kind of how i feel about their whole dynamic i just like i don't feel like they give us too much to really work with anyways to care about what's going on between them um but i do think unfortunately i think Stella kind of comes off looking a little worse in the situation here um but okay so kind of coming back to the beginning too because the movie initially we kind of get things set in motion because it seems like these vampires have the plan already to stake out and just murder and kill and feed on the people from this town for the next 30 days. Um, It seems like they are planning on, again, just sticking around. So they send the stranger, who, again, is played by Ben Foster. He's really gross, really grimy, um, blackened teeth. He is just so creepy. But he pulls up to this town. You know, he kind of comes up on this, like, weird, like, ship vessel thing. um, And he destroys the town's communication support, essentially. That gives them the opportunity of reaching out. Um, are trying to get help or talk to people on the outside world, essentially, during this time. So he comes and he sabotages that. Um, Eben ends up finding him, I think, at the local diner, and they end up taking him in because he's kind of making people uncomfortable. And at that point, too, Eben has already been told of a slaughter of, I think it's like wolves or dogs, right? A couple's It's wolves. all the sled dogs, yeah. Ah, sled dogs, they that's also, what it was. He also somehow scrapped the town's only helicopter <laughs> <laughs> right also that part too this is what i'm saying i could not be in the situation where everything can be sabotaged so easily where we're isolated like yeah. yes i understand that like our world itself currency uh, communication everything that we endure every day is very sensitive can be taken down very quickly but this is just like it's a little bit too easy for my liking exactly which again uh, all just comes back to being the reason why i could never live here because it really is too easy again because first off even with communication even with things going according to plan quote unquote 
being told again that I don't have the option to leave is enough for me to be like, this is too much of a self-isolating scenario for my liking. I have PTSD from COVID at this point, especially now currently, I could not see myself putting myself in the position where I would potentially be isolated like this. So yeah, it's way too easy. The communication system is fucked. The power goes out, obviously. And these vampires waste literally no time because Eben again has seen that these animals have been slaughtered. He knows something's going on. He knows that not somebody normal could have done this. You know, not a normal human being could have done something like this. Uh, so he starts questioning the stranger. The stranger is just like, bitch, you're going to die pretty much. Um, and that they're coming. Uh, we also get to see quick death of like some workers out near the communications uh, system area. Uh, what do they call this place? The main area? Let me see if I can pull it up on my notes. They say it like the entire movie because it's where they're trying to head. And I can never remember the name of it. Even when we were watching it and I was reading the subtitles, I was like, what's that thing called again? <laughs> yeah. It's like the indicator or something like that. And of all the things in my notes, of course, it's the one thing I didn't put down. And I don't have the movie pulled up to the game, you guys. So sorry. But anyways, there's a place that they're trying to get to, obviously. It's like a, a good bunker where they can hunker down and be safe. Uh, they spend the entirety of the movie uh, slowly making their way over there <laughs> or building up the courage to get over there. But we do see some workers murdered over there um, right before, again, the town is thrown into complete day, uh, chaos and the power is cut and shit hits the fan, essentially. I, I will say the random couple that gets murdered out near like that little, I don't even know what it's called, that factory or whatever. Um, they're like, at first, like the two guys are talking, like, who's going to get this girl? And I was like, this is disgusting. And then like, she starts talking, like, she's like, well, maybe we can all have a good time. And I was like, oh, okay, this is hot. Um, <laughs> but their whole conversation was just like so random to me. And then the guy, the first guy who gets tackled by the vampire is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life because they're all talking about, the, I mean, it seems like it's leading to the potential of a threesome. And then the, one of the guys just talking and then we just see, you know, fucking Edge from the WWE come in and spear him through the off screen so fast. The other two are like, what the fuck just happened? It was quite honestly the funniest thing ever. And then they just throw him up and he lands fucking falling from the ground like in between them it's hilarious to me i love when like these ravenous creatures or killers in movies are just like they treat people like trash it is the funniest thing like rag dolls dude uh-huh think of or... uh leatherface tossing sally off of that fucking chainsaw <laughs> straight into the trash i love that right. kind of stuff one thing that stuck out well two things so the stranger is probably one of the most memorable things for me in this movie like when i think of 30 days of night i think of the stranger he, his character is very haunting mm -hmm. um i don't know just the way he talks the his demeanor he's just very spooky and the other part that i always remember is the operator's head like at the telecommunications center like whenever they take it out um and then they kill that old man and just put his head on a like on a stick oh my god yeah. so me and stormy were making fun of these zombies or uh these vampires the entire time because they really honestly are not wasting any fucking time like again yeah, it went like dark and they <laughs> so uh two seconds later they're murdering people Okay, there was so much going on, you know, near the beginning of this movie, so much setup. So again, they're like there's these random, you know, it's Alaska. So there's like random 
metal buildings out in the, you know, miles from town uh, just for random shit, power, all kinds of stuff. But there's an old man who walks out um, and they do go. Uh, Eben goes and looks for him a little bit later when the town power goes off. I think it's like the power grid, obviously. Um, but he hears something or sees something on like the monitor. So he walks outside. He literally walks like two feet from the door and then he's surrounded by vampires. They roll up on him like they're going to jump him and then they just murder him. I'm like, imagine the comedy in opening the door, walking two feet, and then all of a sudden a fucking swarm of vampires just surrounds you. I know it's terrifying, but just watching it play out in this made me laugh. I don't know why. It was just so funny to see that. Yeah. Honestly, that would probably be like, um, I forgot what I was going to say. Hold on. Oh, that would be me. Like if I was convinced to be in this situation and I'd be like, okay, fuck, like, I guess I'll be in this situation. Like I'm talk, hyping myself up and I have to go outside for whatever reason. I know for a fact, this would be my fate. Yeah. Like I would take two steps out. I'd be surrounded. And then my last thought would be like, God fucking damn it. Yeah, like, exactly. I didn't want to be in this situation anyways. Because I expect that to happen no matter what. As soon as I step right. outside, I'm like, I'm a swarm of vampires is going to surround me and it's the end. Oh my God. So if that were to actually happen, honestly, in real life, I would probably laugh right before I was murdered by these vampires. Because it just seems like it would be like, oh, well, a fucking course. This is how I go. And then it happens. Right. um so once the power goes out in town again uh eben again he goes to go try to find this old man he finds his head on a stick um he comes back again once the power has gone off uh and the vampires again they pretty much just go straight into attacking the town it's pretty fucking crazy they're murdering people in the streets they're not wasting any fucking time eben hears um his grandma getting murdered over um like the walkie talkie anyways the radio So, I mean, the first thing I will say, Stormy, because, uh, or I will say, when we had started watching the movie and, like, we saw the old lady and Jake hanging out at the police station, I looked at Stormy and I was like, honestly, I don't remember if this old lady dies. I was like, so I'm a little bit nervous. Um, I'm happy that she died off screen because uh, when she when the, we come back uh, to the police station and there's blood everywhere um, and we do hear from Jake later because he was able to escape and hang out with like a group of other survivors. But we do learn from him that she was murdered by these people completely torn apart. Um, so I'm happy we didn't get to see it or that we didn't have to see it. But I was very concerned um, about how they were going to take her out of this movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Old people dying makes me so fucking sad in movies. It depends on the person, obviously. But yeah, like if it's Muriel dying, I'm crying. If it's Eustace dying, I don't care. So it depends on the person, <laughs> as with anything. Uh, but I, I was so scared. I mean, for unless her. they're an awful person, I'm probably gonna be sad if they're old. I think if they're old, right? If anybody, yeah. if it's anybody else, you know, under fifty. If they're old, I really don't give a fuck. But. <laughs> Like something about an elderly person just makes me so fucking sad. I think it kind of it obviously comes down to just maybe the uh, lack of being able to defend themselves. Also, just depending on you know their condition at the time. I was gonna say I, I think it's also like being raised by my grandparents. <laughs> that soft spot. uh but yeah so when Evan comes back everybody's been murdered um he talks to the stranger uh he does shoot the stranger a little bit earlier when he's choking out drake uh, or not drake when he's choking out jake because when he comes back um from finding out um what happened out there again there's so much going on he leaves the station a few times when he finds out that the old guy has been murdered and his head's on a stick he comes back and shoots the guy and then he leaves again and then that's when like the massacre begins um but in my mind, I'm like, if as soon as I saw that somebody that I knew was brutally murdered on top of like a pack of sled dogs being, you know, 
just fucking torn to pieces. I would do more than just shoot the stranger in like the shoulder or something. I would be beating the shit out of him. I'd be punching him. I'd be kicking him in his balls. Like I need all the information as to who the fuck is doing these barbaric things in my small little Alaskan town. I need more information. <laughs> yeah. The fact that he goes straight to shooting him is so funny to me. Like, yeah. there's no other tactic. It's very obvious that he probably hasn't dealt with a lot in his, like, police work um, <laughs> for him to just go straight to shooting this man. I understand emotions are high, but it's just, it's so funny that that's his first, his first yeah. option. It's his so fucking decision. funny. Also, these vampires, all, again, are very terrifying and... um. I think they're so scary in this movie, but they're also unintentionally hilarious at points. Because uh, again, when the massacre starts to take place in the town, um, we get like a random couple in their home, and one of the vampires just straight barrel rolls through a window. <laughs> yeah, and the wife is like, "What?" And he's just like, fucking just rises and just stares at her." And then, I mean, you know, a lot of off-screen killing and whatnot, but it's yeah. the funniest thing, I swear. Yeah, the way that he breaks in like a fucking like SWAT raid, bitch. Like he just kicks his way through the window. It's so funny. (laughs) Yeah, but so the town is in chaos, essentially. Again, these vampires are all over the place, killing people. People are screaming. Shit's crazy. Um, So when Evan is finally able to get back in touch with Jake, um, Stella, you know, his whole group of people, you know, they are like, well, we need to hunker down first. Like we need to hide you know, we can't be exposed because these vampires are crazy. So they go to um, uh, a boarded up home with a hidden attic. Um, so that way they can kind of lay low as these vampires, again, are killing everybody else in the town. So they can kind of get their bearings together and plan out what is the next best step. And that's when Marlo kills the stranger, right? Yeah. So when they're starting to, when they're hiding, uh, Marlo and the rest of the vampires, because Marlo is the head vampire. He walks around looking like he is a car salesman on his day off, covered in blood, but he is the main vampire. So he walks in with his band of, you know, loyal hooligans. They go up to the stranger and he's like, thank you so much for doing everything we asked of you and just murders him, snaps his neck. And I yeah. was like, that's what you get, Where the stranger. stranger. Yeah, because the stranger has sacrificed this whole town. Um, just to be a vampire. first eyes on the ground. Yeah, he thought he was doing... Like, this is a fucking frat initiation or some shit. Like, he's being hazed, and he's yeah. like, okay, well, I did what I I did what I said. Let me in the frat. And they're like, nah, fam. You're gonna die today. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they kill him, and it's glorious. Uh, so I will also say, which is crazy, because I've seen this movie a million times. I don't know why I forgot that it takes place over the entirety of the 30 days. Which is stupid because I remember the movie <laughs> ending with the sunset happening and Evan dying. Yeah. As the sun was rising, but for some or as the sun was rising, but for some reason, like when we had started watching this again, I was like, I was like shocked when everything was happening on day one. Everything I like, happened. I was like, this all is movie, in one night. I was That'd like, be this is so stressful. I was like, does it end in one night? Like I was so confused. I was because in my head, I was like, I could have sworn like it was the full 30 days. I remember the sun coming up at the end. But then when everything was happening that first night, I was like, wait, am I wrong? I was like, does everything happen in one night? I was so confused. But yeah, so it does happen throughout the entire uh 30 days because obviously once they're in the attic like it'll skip ahead like we'll skip like seven days or something ahead uh the vampires send a girl out into the street to call for help as bait uh nobody comes out so they end up brutally murdering uh murdering her in front of everybody essentially who can see um but they're doing everything they can we also get that um iconic moment too where she's begging for god i think and marlo's like no god no god (laughs) there is no god which as a kid 
fucked me all the way up. I was like, oh, right. God, not the blasphemy of this vampire saying that there's no God. Right. I remember that being extra spooky to me as a same. a wee Baptist back in the day. <laughs> yeah, honestly, same. I was like, oh, my God, that was the scariest thing to me. Uh, again, just to be told that before being murdered by some type of crazy creature. Yeah, right. I loved it so much. Um, but as uh, the 18th day come, uh, comes, finally, there's a huge blizzard that hits, which essentially gives them a whiteout. So they take that blizzard as a way to try to get um, more supplies. They sneak to the general store, a few people, and while we're in this general store, I think this has to be probably one of the more memorable moments in this movie. I sure remember the vampire kid. Um, yeah. Every day of my life. But when they're inside this store, you know, we hear weird noises and um, they notice that there's like a little girl in the back snacking on something. Uh, and then she turns around and she happens to be a vampire. So, you know, she starts to attack them. It's fucking crazy. Jake, once they pin her up against the wall, takes it upon himself to ax her head off, uh, which is crazy. I don't know how old this child is. I'm assuming maybe seven or eight. Uh, She's probably but it's still like Lita's age. Yeah. Every crazy. time my child acts up, <laughs> I think about this scene um, because I'm just like, there's points when my child is acting like an actual demon. And then I think about like beheading her. Yeah. If I, well, that sounds awful. Yeah. I don't think about beheading my child, but like I think about if I would be able to. Yeah, of course. In this if situation. we were in this situation. Um, and I don't know. I genuinely don't know if I could. I could. I Somebody could would have to do it for me. Anything. I mean, it would be hard, obviously, if it's like a friend or a family member. But mm -hmm. if there's like, if we're dealing with vampires or zombies or werewolves or anything of the sort, and I could potentially die, and you not being in your right state of mind, you are no longer who I know as a person or trying to kill me. Yes, I can kill you. I'm not going to hesitate. It will be hard. It definitely will be hard, especially if they're a child. But in a post-apocalyptic uh, post-apocalyptic scenario and you know i kind of think rules are out the window and i mean i don't know i'm the type of bitch too maybe i'm just selfish maybe it's my leo rising where i'm like i'm never gonna let another bitch take me down if something's gonna take me out of this world bitch it's gonna be me so i would <laughs> fat mood i will go out swinging again it could be who it could be anybody who's trying to attack me as any type of monster and i would probably yeah be willing to kill back because again if it's if anybody's gonna take me out bitch it's gonna be me or that mm -hmm. God the fucking Christians are talking about. So it's going to be one or the other. I don't know. But I'm, I'll be damned if another human has my life be damned. in their hands. That is the one thing I'm like, girl. And then you switch to all of our slasher episodes and agents. Like, yeah, I would happily sacrifice myself fucked, for that. Yeah. You know? I want to get fucked while I'm getting stabbed in the back. <laughs> But I want to think. But uh, uh, but all jokes aside, all kinks aside, if I was really <laughs> in a horror movie situation, I would do whatever it takes to not get killed. You know, like we can joke. I can say, and I still think I probably would die early in a movie. I don't think I would last very long, but I would do anything I can to try to survive. I really would. I would want to live, just for the just for the sake of being to be a final girl. You know, yeah. Imagine right. being a real life final girl. That'd be crazy. Hey, everybody. So if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating. Again, we're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show.
<laughs> yeah, just this design, this child's fucking monster design is wild. Oh, yeah, the vampire designs in this thing, I mean, there's nothing extreme, obviously. Uh, they have really darkened eyes, you know, of course, they're really Their sharp Their eyes, teeth, like, really move together some way, like, I don't know. They, like, either move really close together or they move really far apart. It's weird how they change, like, the facial... Um, yeah, they also have most of these vampires uh, like angling their heads. Most of them are yeah. like angled down, so that probably gives the illusion of the eyes being more uh, the Kubrick stare, more pointy, more locked in, laser focused because their heads are all angled, kind of like they're all staring up at you, kind mm-hmm. of. Um, so it kind of gives like a weird sense of being watched. They're really creepy. Um, but yeah, so the little girl design uh, is just as extra creepy because she has little pigtails at the same time uh <laughs> jake kills her jake's 15 so i told story when we were watching this i was like yeah it sucks and i know the ptsd is gonna suck for that kid but you know you're 15 she was probably like nine so you're closest to her so if anybody has to take out this kid <laughs> maybe the other kid is the best option <laughs> right because <laughs> it, it's crazy and he doesn't hesitate either so he knows what's up you know it's been 18 days at this point of hiding in an attic so he was cooped up and he was ready to chop off some heads right he hasn't played his video games in a while um <laughs> evan does give him shit later on though um being like remember that little girl in the store are you ready to do that over and over again as much as you have to like trying to like talk down on him yeah and just like Bitch, I killed her. You didn't do anything. So why are you talking shit to me? Right. But who have you killed, Evan? You <laughs> shot the stranger, I guess. But like... Right. You shot a few vampires here and there. But baby, I beheaded one. Have you? So for beheaded looking at, a child. Right. I should be in charge of this group at this point. <laughs> oh, my God. I am the Rick like, of this Walking Dead group. <laughs> he was like, between me and Grandma? Who made it up? <laughs> Grandma was fucking growing the pot and I'm beheading bitches. So we're the two baddest fuckers in this family. <laughs> so I should be the guy. To, and you're over here crying over you Stella. You still not to be a cop. Oh, oh that too. Yeah. <laughs> a cap first off. And also, you know, oh you're God. fucking you're fucking whipped by Stella. This bitch could do anything, say anything, go anywhere and come back and you would still be drooling over her. So, bitch, I should be in charge. If I was Jake, I would have all kinds of fights with my brother. Why are right. you in charge, Evan? What are you doing besides being hot? Your wife left hot? you. <laughs> and yeah, where's the family trauma? If we're a uh, bitch, if you're locked inside of an attic for 18 days with anybody in your family, it could be right. a fucking third cousin. You're gonna find a reason to fight with one another. <laughs> like, this is why your mama don't love you. <laughs> yeah. So their their family uh, dynamic should have been more tense. I needed some drama. You know what I'm saying? I needed more drama. We have an old man at one point in the attic who does run off and causes some issues. Um, oh my god. And another another one of my soft spots. Whenever Isaac leaves. This old man. Yeah. I and his son, his I think his name is Wilson. Um, so, yes. Like chases after him. And it was another moment where I was like, I don't know if I'd be chasing after my dad. I feel like I probably would, but like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, especially when all you, you there's there's just vampires out there. There's literally nothing out there but vampires. It's and... the wolves all over again. You know, yeah, what I mean? like literally. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Somebody blindly no just ran out into the snow like that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I could chase after you. I really don't. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I do feel bad because, you know, this old man, he's just like, you know, he wants to get out of here. He's He seems a little confused, obviously. I mean, again, isolated with lack of food. Definitely is not going to help, um, especially, again, when you're older or younger. So he uh, he's just he doesn't feel like he's all there. Um, 
But Wilson, when he's like, because his dad leaves the house and Stella's like, you know, oh my God, like, like what the fuck's happening? And then Wilson tries to chase after him and she's like, well, no, don't do that. You're like going to get yourself killed. And he just fucking shoves this girl. She flies to the ground. I was like, good golly. All right. Get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> I would also <laughs> shove Stella. <laughs> it was crazy to me. Um, but they yeah, both he die does anyway, so. shove her with a veroc- ferocity. Is that a big? Is that a word? Yeah. I think both words you were going to say are both real words. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Though you know, I'm not the person. I'm not a dictionary. Right. Not a thesaurus. Um, <laughs> not yeah, a thesaurus. <laughs> that old man does die, though. They also have this crazy plan. Again, they're doing everything they can. You know, to try to survive. So kudos to them. Um, but when they're talking about, of course, grandma growing her weed, they're like, you know, well, she has like a special light that's essentially like sunlight. So if we can get that light, try to use it on these vampires, uh, we can cause that distraction, which would allow Bo to go get his huge ass machine that he has so he can try to have like one last hurrah battle with these vampires. And it essentially works because, uh, Eben is able to get the light just in time as the vampires are breaking into the house. And uh, Marlo has like one uh, female vampire who's by his side the entire time. Uh, and she ends up breaking into the house first and she gets blasted with this light and is burned to death and has no other choice but to be killed. <laughs> Marlo has no choice to put her down um, and it sends him into a fury. Uh, Bo again does grab his huge machine and starts tearing through these vampires. I was like, why weren't we doing this on day one? Why were right. you not in this machine on day one fighting off when you had maybe more people in the town who were willing to help fight back? Like, why weren't we doing this earlier? Why are we waiting until day 18 or whatever to try to do this? I'm confused. Right. And this, like, this machine is the one that Eben gives him a ticket for earlier mm-hmm. on in the movie to make him feel a part of the town. Yeah. Which is the dumbest ticket. fucking statement I've ever heard. Keep your um... ticket. Invite me to a fucking town hall. Try that. Invite me, me to the the town cheermeister or whatever. Bitch, <laughs> give me my fucking voter's registration card. That'll make me feel like I'm a part of this town, motherfucker. Not a fucking ticket, please. Right. Please, Evan. They needed the whole, like, the Grinch scene whenever they're feeding him all of those different puddings. Mm-hmm. That's how they made him part of the town. <laughs> um, <laughs> he yeah, crashes into a building. Um, yeah. To try to blow everybody up. It is, again, I don't think any of this is funny. Coming back to it now um, and not watching it as like a young teenager, some of these things just make me laugh. But when Bo crashes into a building, you know, he's not able to kill all of them. So he tries to like set off some grenades or some like explosives. It explodes. Dynamite. (laughs) Grenades. (laughs) Some type of explosives. C4 maybe. Who knows? And (laughs) there's a big explosion. And he is literally right on the scene of the explosion, but he doesn't die. It throws him out of the building and he just lands outside on the snow. So Marlo can come up to him and stomp on his snow. head. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my God, the shot point. of him stomping on his head is you. We have seen so many head squishes, like just this month alone, I feel like. Yeah. Y'all will hear about them later on in the month, but there's some squish in our fucking queue this month. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so unfortunately, Bo does die. Um, not that he was serving much for me anyways, but he does die. At least he went out, you know, fighting. Yeah. He was. He had more fight than most of the people in this town. And we finally kind of get to day 27. Things are narrowing down here. Stella and Eben, they do end up finding Deputy 
Billy, who is who they do find uh, signaling them with a flashlight. When they find him, they figure out and discover that he essentially killed his family uh, to try to help keep them from a fate worse than death, I guess, is his overall thinking. But to right. me, I'm like, that is wild. He killed all his family and then the gun jammed before he could commit suicide. That's just, it's rough. Like, why would you kill them without, I don't know, like, there's still a chance that you make it out. Right. And what if you make it out and, I don't know, whatever. Also, one quick throwback, um, or rewind, I guess. Um, Eben's the one that kills Bo, right? Uh, Eben, no, no, no. Marlo kills Bo. Eben does kill Billy later on. Okay. Eben does not kill Bo. Bo is the guy in the tractor who gets his head squished by Marlo. Okay. Eben shoots Billy later because once they find Billy, they find out the rest of the survivors have made it to the Utilidor is what it's called, you guys. The, the word I was trying to come up with earlier. Um, and when they try to get to the Utilidor, uh, Stella ends up getting separated from them because Gail Robbins, who's a young girl um, who was slaughtered, you know, her family was slaughtered earlier in the whole sh- uh, shenanigans that have happened in here. Um, she was lost and, you know, separated from them. So Stella sees her. She gets separated from Eben and Billy, who do make it to the uh, the Utilidor. But when they get there, they're attacked by another vampire. Um, as they're fighting the vampire, Billy is able to knock the vampire into, like, the big gears. But unfortunately, in that tussle, he also gets his arm, I think, uh, like, ground up to, like, a, um, essentially, you know, yeah. amputating his arm and from his body. Yeah. And he is also bit in that scenario. So he ends up turning in front of everybody. and. Uh, Evan does have to shoot Billy in that moment because he's turning into a vampire. And yeah, so at this point, again, everybody's made it to the Ucilador besides Stella and Gail. Uh, you know, everybody else in the pack is like, you know, well, here we are. Um, you know, they stay in communication through walkie with Stella. Um, it's getting down to the last night. She's freezing cold because she's hiding underneath the car this entire time. And on the final evening, um, after nobody else has come out, after the vampires have done all their feeding, they decide to just burn down the entire town. So they set fire to everything, which is so crazy. And everybody, of course, yeah, they at the like, tap into the fucking local pipeline. Yeah, again, they had 30 days to figure all this out, I guess, but it's so crazy. But also in my head, I'm like, if you guys have to feed, like, or if you desperately need that much food or whatever, like, can you really afford just to hang out around this small town where you kill the majority of the people in the first day? Is it really worth your guys' time to sit here for 30 days? Like, I, I don't understand maybe the, the cover-upability um, has a lot to do with it, probably. But, uh, but again, make it you look- could have done all this in day one. Why are we sitting here for 30 days? Oh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe or it's a, a week's fun- time. Maybe it's a game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they play maybe the they, long have game. Else. they have nothing else to do, you know? Um, but yeah, so they're burning the whole place down. They're watching it burn. And of course, as this is happening, Evan's like, well, fuck, Stella can't get out because they're watching, you know, the vampires are watching this place burn. And she gets out, she'll die because Marlo will see her. Or if she stays, she'll die. So Evan, Decides that the only possible way that he could save her is by taking the blood from Billy's body, which, of course, was tainted blood, and injecting himself with it and essentially turning himself into a vampire so he has the strength and the ability to fight Marlo and give Sella enough time to escape with Gale. Um, And that's exactly what happens. It's crazy. We quite literally just have like a 
a quick like hand-to-hand fight, fist fight for five minutes between the two before Eben just straight punches Marlo through the mouth, straight out through the back of his head. All the other vampires are like shook to their core. <laughs> yeah. Um, They're like, well, we're going to head out. Uh, yeah, they literally just leave. <laughs> They're like, um, okay, well, <laughs> we're going to head out. <laughs> it's a SpongeBob me straight up they see their uh, their leader get killed and they're like uh well we're gonna head out then <laughs> bye sorry for bothering you <laughs> yeah sorry, sorry about that the <laughs> um it's so funny imagine if they would have killed marlo day one right how many people over. would still be alive right you would have saved um maybe your grandma evan but anyway Billy's entire fucking family <laughs> so would you do this would you ever inject yourself knowingly Turning yourself into a vampire to try to save somebody. No. You wouldn't? No. What if your daughter was out there with somebody else underneath the car? They're burning the town down. The only I would option find plenty of other ways to, distract to do them? something about this. Then I would just yell. I would open the door to the utility door. Vampire blood is methamphetamine. <laughs> I would open up uh, the door to this utility door that they have said multiple times throughout this movie is like the safest place for them to be. There's no way for them to get in, right? I would have mm-hmm. opened the door and just yelled. Hey, and maybe if they would have turned around, you know, they can't get to us. Maybe Stella could maneuver off and hide somewhere else. Like, yeah, I would have tried anything else. Maybe I would have looked around this place for a grenade launcher. Maybe I could have shot a grenade <laughs> at them from the utility door. I would have done anything else, you know. I would have taken my chances. I would not be railing fucking and fist fighting syringes a of. <laughs> It's Vampire. pretty fucking uh, metal to fucking inject yourself. Yeah, that's hardcore, but hardcore. I'm not doing it. <laughs> and then going and fist fighting a fucking leader of a vampire pack. It right. is kind of crazy. Again, if you say it out loud, it sounds so fucking wild. But in the movie, you're like, oh, okay. They should have been blasting Metallica over that scene or something. Oh it would have made it so much better, you know? It was hot. Again, the skin. Hush, little baby, on... don't say a word. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, it's hot, and so the other vampires run off. Stella's able to be saved. Um, as the town's burning, the sun's rising, and Eben holding Stella, which I don't know how he has the wherewithal to not just fucking tear through her neck, but he is here holding her. Maybe because you know he's about to die, so that's the one thing on right. his mind. Um, but they're holding each other, cuddling as the sun rises, and he turns to ash, and. Yeah, I don't know how she held him as he disintegrated in her hands. Like, I would not be able... No. I wouldn't be able to do it. I could never. That's for sure. I would give him a hug and then be like, well, (laughs) see you later. Yeah, big hug. Um, I pull his pants down and kiss his dickhead. And then I would say goodbye. But I can't have my last memories being you turning to ash like fucking Thanos just snapped his fingers. So I'm going to head back to the Utilidor and I'll sweep you up later. Bye. (laughs) I love you so much. Try not to make a mess. Um, (laughs) Imagine. Try to fall, put your fall over here where the wind's blowing. So you can just, you know, off into the wind. I don't want to deal with you. (laughs) Where do you want your ashes spread? (laughs) Because you have the chance to go anywhere. You can walk over there. You can walk over there. <laughs> you, you get to spread your own ashes. <laughs> you could be at uh, the south side hill, the right side hill. The remains right. of the police station, maybe, you know. Your oh, ashes right. could be mixing with the police station ashes. What Honestly, I would go die in the greenhouse with, <laughs> all, with the all the weed. Plants. Oh, my God. And yeah, y'all would be smoking high. me for the next 
Oh, Century. yes. You are so correct. I am fertilizer. <laughs> Can vampires get high? <sighs> I feel like this movie wouldn't have been a thing. Oh, this movie would have been way worse. Imagine as I just said like six different thoughts without finishing oh, any of them. Oh, oh. Right. Um, <laughs> maybe that's why they're eating all these people. They have the munchies. <laughs> Imagine a vampire out. with the munchies. Right. Honestly, if they're really stoned out of their mind, then that would be the perfect excuse as to why they're not just going to another town. You know? Because right. if you have 30 days a night, why not do this to multiple towns then? I mean, I guess I don't know there's traveling. There's you know, a lot of distance between Right. The I, towns. I was about to say. I don't know how they travel. I just again right. assume, you know. <laughs> do they turn just... it? Do these ones turn into bats? I don't know. <laughs> right. really sure the logistics of that <laughs> Yeah. So I don't know what their traveling um plans are, but yeah, I don't know. But yeah, so 30 Days of Night. What a crazy movie this is. Again, I love this movie so much. It is like such a vampire staple to me. Uh, at least for me, again, like I know that there has been, and especially if you look at, um, you know, a lot of folklore and just a lot of old tales on vampires and those types of creatures anyways. I mean, there are stories, of course, surrounding like the seductiveness to these creatures, but there's also plenty of stories and tales where they're not, where they are just like this, more animalistic, a lot more um cruel a lot less yeah yeah, a lot of carnage um but again for me at 12 years old with a lot of the vampire stuff that i had consumed up to this point this was the first time that had saw something that was like really this yeah this full of gore and this um full of carnage and so it was just really really impactful to me i really enjoyed it a lot um it really allowed me to just see how vast the world of vampires um, could very well be because at this point again you know where i've seen underworld and i've seen you know some of the older dracula movies um you know and again things are a lot more sexy they're a lot more slinky you know it's a lot more hot breath you know licking the neck before you bite it like there's just so much sensuality to a vampire so again mm-hmm. to see it like this was again it was just so transformative to me i love this movie it's probably always going to be one of my favorite vampire movies um and even watching it now i'm so happy it holds up like i don't think there's anything about this movie that has aged terribly um so i really 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 enjoyed it yeah it is everything that i remember it being um it's silly it's funny it's scary it's and i don't know if it's funny to like the normal person but it's very funny to me oh yeah i um, laughed a few times which I, is i was not expecting to laugh coming back to yeah. this movie again but i laughed a few times watching it uh it's all together a good movie um so and it's good. josh hartnett josh, josh hartnett's hot the skin would be off his dick if i was ever within the vicinity <laughs> of him maybe i won't say that because i'm not, if i were to see him in person i'm not gonna just go up to him and start assaulting him yeah we're not doing that but he is just so hot i am so obsessed with him um so yeah and quite honestly probably one of the main reasons i came to this movie in the first place back in the day was josh hartnett um so he's just so precious and so adorable and i love them in this movie right have you ever seen the sequel mm, yes 30 days of night dark days i have never seen it it was a straight to dvd or direct to video uh sequel Mm -hmm. from 2010 yeah i never watched it is it good uh, I don't remember it being very good. No. Hmm. Let me look at the synopsis. So we are. Is it Stella? Are we following Stella? No. Um. We are following. One second. No, we're following Stella. She's played by somebody else, though. So it's not the okay, same person. Okay. Maybe that's maybe that's why I'm like no. Yeah. You know it's me. a year. I'm after. really bad with uh actresses or with thinking people look alike. <laughs> yeah. Same yeah, character, so. different actress, but it's a year later, and it looks like she's 
taking the time to try to warn others of vampires' existence. Um, and yeah, she's like in LA. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I've never seen it, so maybe I will give it a go. Um, but yeah, Thirty Days a Night. I, I mean, at time of release, definitely received a lot of mixed reviews, a lot of mixed opinions. But it definitely has a very, very, very solid cult following at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Every year, I hear, especially around this time, obviously, people mention Thirty Days of Night. Um, December first, the timeline is filled with people talking about how they're excited to watch this movie for the month. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's so much fun. I really enjoy this movie. I really enjoy this movie. I do want to say on Dark Days, though, I think maybe the reason I don't like it is because it follows um, a female character. And she's, like, recruited to, like, fight vampires and shit. It's weird. Um, So, like, don't take my opinion on it. Like, watch it for yourself for sure. (laughs) But (laughs) just know that it's not this. (laughs) Yeah. You already know that Stormy hates Stella. So if it's a whole movie of Stella, you know. Watch it for yourself to see what's up. But I'll try to watch it too, guys. Not this. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the original Thirty Days a Night, you know. Right. Uh, <laughs> not the same oh yeah, way. yeah. So the vampires speak a completely original language. It was created for the film with the help of a linguistics professor uh, professor from New Zealand. Oh, love that. Okay, happy I looked that up. So yeah. Right. But I had a great time. I'm very glad that we covered it. Um, it is one thing that I watch at least. Every couple of years, I do follow up with this movie quite a bit more than I do with other movies. Yeah. I would suggest it if somehow you haven't seen it before. Um, Yeah. Do recommend. What are we rating it out of? Oh, my God. In reality, Borrow, which I guess is now called uh, Uta. I can't. I'm not going to pronounce the proper pronunciation. Apparently, um, they don't see the sun for roughly 67 days, not 30. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Uh, Yeah. What do we rate this out of? ashy josh hartnett's um. oh my god <laughs> off the ashes of josh hartnett <laughs> how many uh canisters let's do um what's something significant in this movie i don't know nothing really heads right? on a stick yeah how many heads of a uh on a stick do you give this movie i'd give her a solid four um i yeah. love this movie yeah i agree with you solid four for sure um she's a personal fave so um yeah again in terms of like, I guess like as an older person now, you know, nearing my thirties, I've seen a lot of movies. Um, I've heard a lot of things. Um, if anything, I I personally probably if if there was any type of critique to keep it away from like a five or anything, maybe I don't know, maybe more depth to the characters. Again, I definitely, I mean, which is for this I type know of movie, what happened I don't between need it. Stella. Yeah, again, for this type of movie, I don't need it. I definitely think it probably could have pushed it a little bit further because. Um, yeah, there's like a lot of tension that's not really discussed. Um, and we're made to kind of just put the pieces together in our own head and just go based off of that. But beyond that, it's and I fantastic. Did. And I picked Josh's side. <laughs> just uh, okay, Stormy, where can everybody find us? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the same handle at slash underscore her underscore pod. You can find us streaming on pretty much every platform, including Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. You can email us at slash herpod at gmail.com. And you can find us on Patreon for extra episodes and lots of fun content coming up soon. You want to give our patrons a shout out? Um, yes. So again, definitely go ahead and support us on Patreon. Um, yeah, definitely looking to make some changes early next year. So just be on the lookout there. Um, but yeah, at our opening kill tier, we have a nightmare on Fear Street. In our finer girl tier, we have Sarah G, Yvette R, uh, Michael D, Andy C, and Patient C. Um, so thank you guys again so much for your um support. 
And thank you guys again for joining us this week. And we'll see you next week for more Winter Time Horror. Stay spooky, guys. Bye.